Welcome to the podcast, Estate Planning with Paul Rabelais, where we'll discuss the latest and simplest legal strategies and tactics available for you to protect your estate for yourself and your family, all in easy-to-understand terms. It's all about protecting your estate now, so you and your loved ones can reap the benefits later. And now your host, estate planning attorney, Paul Rabelais. Hey, Paul Rabelais here again, and I've been meaning to do this video for a while. I kind of feel like I'm, um, you know, Coca-Cola revealing its secret sauce, but this is such an underutilized uh, Medicaid planning strategy, kind of protect your money strategy that I thought I'd get it out there so that people can go ahead and start benefiting from it. So here's the deal. Um, this, this podcast is for people who are in a nursing home and they're, they're private pay. Um, they're, you know, they're incurring that nursing home cost out of their own, own pocket. They're not on Medicaid. Um, perhaps they don't, even, don't have long-term care insurance and they're just plowing through their money as a private pay patient in the nursing home. And it's for people who are on the doorstep of the nursing home, meaning um, maybe maybe you're about to or your parent is about to go into the nursing home or your spouse, um, maybe in the next week or two, maybe even the next month or so. And uh, you're one of those circumstances in the nursing home private pay or about to go in and, and you have what's called countable resources that exceed, and I pulled this number out of thin air, um, because if you have less than this number, it just doesn't make it worth it. And if you have more than this number, then you can really uh, protect some of your money if your countable resources exceed $70,000. This isn't going to be a discussion about what a countable resource is, but uh, typical countable resources include, you know, your money in the bank, your checking, your savings, your CDs, your IRAs, your retirement accounts, your investments, your real estate that's not your home, your business. So if your accountable resources exceed $70,000 and you're in the nursing home or about to be in the nursing home, then you really need to listen up. Because instead of having to just spend all of those accountable resources in the nursing home until you have less than $2,000 remaining, I'm going to show you how to protect at least half of those accountable resources, maybe more. So let me give you an example. I like to use examples, and you may need to listen to this podcast several times to get it, um, but let's just jump right in. So in my example, let's take mom who's not married, and she is, um, maybe she's been in the nursing home for a while, or maybe she's you know going in next week, and she, she has $200,000 of countable resources Let's make it easy. Let's say there's $200,000 in her checking account, and really that's that's it for what she owns. She may have a car, and she may even own a home. But for purposes of our discussion, we're talking about the countable resources. Okay, the kind of uh, unofficial rules that are discussed in all of the barber shops and beauty shops around our great state of Louisiana is that, hey, Mom's got money. She's got to spend it. You can only have $2,000. She's got to spend the $200,000 at the nursing home before she gets any help from long-term care, Medicaid. And then in our barbershop and beauty shop rules, some sophisticated 
people might say, well, you know, maybe she could do a few small things with some of that money, like prepay her funeral expenses, pay off her debt if she has any debt, maybe even buy a car. But let's say mom goes out and um, uh, prepays her uh, funeral expenses and spends $15,000 doing so. She's still stuck with $185,000 left that, uh, you know, everybody feels like she's got to spend all that at the nursing home before she gets any help. And then in the beauty shop and the barber shop, they're saying that mom can't give that money away because it will make her ineligible for Medicaid for five years. And, you know, $200,000, uh, you know, why would she give it away if that's going to make her ineligible for five years? The $200,000 won't last five years, so she might as well keep it and just spend it and then qualify for Medicaid after she spends it all. And, and maybe it'll take her about 40 months to spend it if, if she has to spend $5,000 every month of that $200,000, and then she'd be... Um, you know, then she would be eligible after spending all the money. That's better than giving it away and and uh, what she thought, you know, being ineligible for 60 months. Okay, so that's kind of what people say out there. But what I want to go through is, you know, is certain provisions that are in the Louisiana Medicaid Eligibility Manual regarding the, what's called the return of transferred resources. So just so y'all know that I'm not making this stuff up, uh, I'm going to quote some of the provisions from our Louisiana Medicaid eligibility manual. One of which it says is, um, do not continue to count the uncompensated value of a transferred resource if the original resource is returned. So what does that mean? That means, let's use in our example, mom gave daughter $200,000. Well, that's going to trigger a penalty period of which I'm going to talk about next. Um, and that's going to mess up mom's Medicaid eligibility. And so what that um, provision in our Medicaid manual says is if daughter turns around and gives that money back to mom, then it's as if mom never gave it away. So yes, she'll have the $200,000 back in her name, which is an issue, but at least it eliminates the penalty period. So, and then, and then it goes on to say in our Medicaid manual, if only a part of the asset or its equivalent value is returned, the penalty period is modified, but not eliminated. Okay, so here's where we get into some of, uh, you know, following the Medicaid rules to help people protect what they have. Going back to our original example, mom donates $200,000. What does that mean for Medicaid purposes? It means a penalty period is going to be assessed. And that penalty period, the, the length of the penalty period is determined by dividing $200,000, the resources transferred, divided by $5,000, which Louisiana considers to be the you know, average private pay facility rate. And that triggers a 40-month penalty period, $200,000 transferred, $5,000 uh, monthly private pay rate, 40-month penalty period. 
The idea there is if mom keeps that $200,000 in her name, then it'll take her about 40 months to spend that. So if mom transfers that money to daughter, um, they're going to assess a 40-month penalty period. And in theory, daughter's going to have to use all of that money to get mom through that 40-month penalty period. Now, another key provision in all of this is when the penalty period starts. And so going back to our Medicaid eligibility manual, it says that the penalty period for assets transferred for less than fair market value begins the month the applicant is determined eligible for Medicaid except for the transfer of resources. What does that mean? That means that this 40-month penalty period, which um, you know is, is shorter than five years, it can't start until mom is both you know in the nursing home and she has you know less than two thousand dollars. At least those things must be met, and so those must be met so that she is determined eligible for Medicaid except for the transfer of resources. Everything else is okay. Mom just transferred resources, but other than that, she would have qualified for Medicaid. Okay, so mom transferred her $200,000 to daughter. Mom's now in the nursing home. Mom applies for Medicaid. Mom gets denied because she transferred resources. And um, because she was determined eligible for Medicaid, except for the transfer of resources, a penalty period, in this case of 40 months, begins. Next thing that has to happen and is that the daughter then returns $100,000 of the $200,000 that was originally transferred from mom to daughter. So what happens then? Well, what happens when part of the transferred resources is returned is we look to the Medicaid manual. If only a part of the asset or its equivalent value is returned, the penalty period is modified but not eliminated. Okay, so now Medicaid will go back and they will um, modify the penalty period, which originally was 40 months, but because the $200,000 original transfer because $100,000 of it was returned to mom, now it's as if mom only transferred $100,000 uh, out of her name. So now Medicaid will uh, modify the penalty period from 40 months to 20 months. Okay, so at this point, daughter has $100,000 in her name, Mom has $100,000 in her name. Penalty period, which originally was assessed at 40 months, has now been reduced to 20 months. And quite frankly, it will take that 20 months, um, that during that 20-month penalty period, mom will, will use or spend the $100,000 that was returned to her so that 20 months later, after all of this started, mom has less than $2,000 in her name. She spent the $100,000 that was returned to her. 
uh, and it and it took her 20 months to spend it, and now the penalty period has expired, and mom would be eligible for Medicaid and daughter still holding $100,000. Okay, so I hope, well, I hope you understood it, and if you didn't understand it, you probably need to go back and listen to this several times to, to get an understanding of it. It is complicated, and it is tricky, but this tactic or strategy has been available for, for many, many years. Now, keep in mind a few things about all of this. This is really a Louisiana-specific strategy. Each state in the United States, you know, treats the return of transferred resources differently. So if you're not in Louisiana, you really need to find out how your state treats the return of transferred resources. What you also need to keep in mind is what they say, you know, on about all of the medical stuff and crazy stuff that you see on TV. Don't try this at home. Um, to get it right, there's a lot of moving parts, including the application process for, for Medicaid, where you are expected to be denied, uh, various financial transactions that have to take place and be documented. They all have to be done at the right time with the proper documentation. Um, so it, it takes a lot of, um, of doing this right. One mistake um, could could really cost the family. So it's really important that you don't try to do this yourself. Another thing to keep in mind is that this is this is not new. Um, what I just went through with you is part of our Louisiana Medicaid eligibility manual. In fact, in our Medicaid eligibility manual under the section for return of transferred resources, the state provides an example which is um, really identical to the example that I gave. They just used different figures. So where I talked about mom transferring $200,000 originally, and in the example provided by the state, they talk about an original transfer of $70,453 and then a subsequent return of $23,000. Um, and, and that original transfer took place in the example back in 2008, um, requiring an initial penalty period um, to last through 2010, but with the return of transferred resources, it shortened the eligibility period back to sometime during 2009. So same fact pattern, I bet the example is probably one that actually occurred, and so they use the numbers from the actual case that Medicaid, you know, determined all of this. So keep that in mind. It's not new, but but nobody knows about it. And since nobody knows about it, nobody's taking advantage of what our Medicaid eligibility manual allows people to do, which is protect half their money. Now, what you also need to keep in mind is that this strategy is for people who are doing what's commonly referred to as the crisis planning. 
it's last minute. Um, somebody's in the nursing home they're, or they're about to go in the nursing home. And I'm talking about how even in that crisis planning, um, one can protect you know, at least half of their money or their countable resources. And so, um, you know, the deal is if it's not crisis planning and you're planning ahead like so many people do when they educate themselves and, you know, they, they, uh, they plan ahead, then they can protect, you know, really virtually all or 100% of what they own. So what do you do from here if you think this might be applicable to you? Well, at the time that I'm making this podcast, if, if you're you know, facing a private pay situation and you have more than $70,000 of countable resources, again, if you have less than that, it, it starts to be not even worth it to go through all of these transactions, um, the, the amount that gets protected doesn't necessarily warrant what you have to go through to protect half of the money. But if you have more than $70,000, it, it um, you know, really what you need to do is, is I guess, call our office and, um, you know, we can talk through uh, what your situation is and look at whether this is something that would be appropriate uh, for you to uh, help you or your spouse or your parent or your loved one, you know, protect um, a, a big chunk of what they've worked for and saved. So that's probably your your best next step. Okay, so I hope that helps. Um, again, if you have some money and you're facing a, a nursing home situation and you want to see what your options are uh, on protecting it, um, this was the podcast for you. Hope that helps. I'm Paul Rabelais. Y'all have a great day.